podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. It's been a busy month for Chefs de Cuisine since our last podcast. Our limited engagement in La Jolla, the Pinot Wars, was extremely successful. It was a great food and wine pairing at a lovely private La Jolla home, and it featured Pinots from California and Oregon. Leading wine judge Brad Bruce provided insights on the wines that came from his private cellar of more than 600 bottles. And Chef Trey's Godfredson of Wine Time Catering masterfully prepared exquisite dishes to complement the complex flavors of the various wines. Next up is limited engagement Ocean Beach Paella Passion, featuring the classic paella stylings of Chef Lirosindo West, who has been a mainstay at Cafe Sevilla in recent years. We have an exciting announcement later on in this segment about Chef West. Limited Engagement Ocean Beach Paella Passion is on July 18th at Gianni Bonomo, Venters, 4836 Newport Avenue in Ocean Beach, where winemaker Keith Roll is blending world-class grapes from Washington State and winning gold and silver medals in international wine competitions with prestigious wineries. I've got to tell you, I was blown away by the depth, clarity, and complexity of many of his wines. There's a saying about not getting recognition in a place where you live, and that makes be true in this case, where some folks seem to think good wine must have a label from Napa or Sonoma or France or Italy, but nothing could be further from the truth. This limited engagement series that we're talking about introduces one-time-only culinary experiences in unique settings in restaurants, hotels, wineries, breweries, and private homes throughout San Diego and the Baja. Attendance is limited depending on the venue to ensure an intimate atmosphere that is enlightening as well as entertaining. These events always sell out, so buy your tickets early at www.sdchefs.org. That's www.sdchefs.org. All the events we mention are sponsored by Chefs de Cuisine Association and support projects of the Chefs de Cuisine Education Foundation. Some of these events include things like just since our last podcast, the foundation fed 600 people at a parent symposium for Sweetwater Union High School in Chula Vista, where they discussed important topics like bullying, leadership, and parent-child communication. We also took a busload of youngsters from underserved communities on a farm tour to see where food really comes from and to experience fields and crops and farm animals. That was all part of a healthy cooking class the foundation sponsors through the Boys and Girls Club of South County to instill healthy eating habits and seek to combat childhood obesity and malnutrition. For more information about Chefs de Cuisine events and activities and how to become involved, visit www.sdchefs.org. One last thing, Chefs de Cuisine has a culinary enthusiast membership category for culinary non-professionals who want to become part of the organization, attend activities, and work with community projects. Again, go to www.sdchefs.org for more information. 
On the Front Burner puts two no-nonsense culinary professionals on air discussing tough industry topics, interviewing fascinating food personalities, and providing penetrating looks at the industry that we love. We don't always agree and often provide compelling personal insights from a unique combination of life experiences. You know, it's a lively give and take. It's by no means conventional. Elaine owns Sweet Cheeks Baking Company and is a winner of the Food Network's Cupcake Wars and Fabulous Cakes. A seasoned industry professional, she is a cake designer and a certified sommelier. Don is a chef, an award-winning journalist, and a culinary educator. Together we take a not-always-pretty, sometimes-funny, and always-entertaining look at the world of food and beverage. Hello, and welcome to Segment 2 of On the Front Burner. I'm Don Williamson. Hi, I'm Elaine Ardizzoni. And last time we were talking about wine and the explosion of wine here in San Diego County. Now, we want to get up close and personal with a local winemaker who is winning national and international competitions with magnificent wine blends. Elaine, who are we talking to? We are talking to Keith Role of Gianni Bonomo Vintners here in Ocean Beach, of all places. Super excited to have you, Keith. Thank you for having me. Well, my first question has to be, how do you make good wine out of Ocean Beach grapes? Well, that's a question that we get a lot, uh, virtually every day. They're wondering if we grow them on the roof, if we grow them in the sand, and how that could possibly work. When indeed that's not the case at all. Uh, the case is that um, we, in, in my particular case, I'm bringing in grapes from as far north as Washington State. Uh, the balance coming wow. in from the Sierra Foothills area, Placerville area, um, Plymouth, Amador County, and El Dorado County. Um, and doing all the vinification and barrel aging, uh, blending, bottling on site. Wow. Is it a, how big is the facility? In, in total, the facility is 3,000 square feet. It's not really big. It's not that big. And wow. for that reason, we don't have the traditional tanks and presses and uh, manufacturing equipment stored on site. You're not going to store this yeah. expensive equipment. I mean, this, uh, this stuff in expensive no, real, real estate. estate. Yeah, real estate. So people be, come in, it. they'll see the barrels, they'll go... Yes, but where's everything else? Right, and then we have to go through the process. So we bring in the grapes, and uh, we do all the all the process right there, just as um, just as the big guys do, just in smaller vats, smaller just in very containers. Small, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Wow. And not only that, but it's good. Yeah, you know, I have to admit that I was just blown away the first time I went and had a chance to sample some of your product. It was just amazing, and it's not just me. Just last month, San Diego Magazine, your 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 winery won Critics' Choice. It won Readers' Choice for Best Winery. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I was just looking at that edition of the magazine. Yeah, that's really amazing. You want to give us just a little bit? Uh, I know you've been living in Ocean Beach since 1997. I know you're a Minnesota native, and tell us a little bit though about that part about getting into wine. There was a time um, as a result of the Great Recession uh, in 2008 yeah. where I had to really kind of rethink where I wanted things to go for myself personally. Um, and as I've done in the past, um, why don't you go back to school uh, and, and develop a new skill? So I looked at uh, four different schools. 
I looked at uh, San Luis Obispo. I looked at the school they had at UC Davis, uh, at Fresno State University, and a school up in Washington in a small town called Walla Walla. Walla Walla. And uh, I had to happen to have some friends up in Spokane, north of Walla Walla, by about two and a half miles. I insisted um, I chose Walla Walla. And uh, I fell in love with Washington wine. Um, and that's saying something there because it's like California wine. That's a broad generalization. You can't sure. just say Washington wine. Um, I really fell in love with some of the wine Washington uh, was producing and decided to move from Ocean Beach to a town of 32,000 people um, and enrolled in a full-time enology and viticulture program. How long was that program? That program, if you take it full-time, you can get through in two years. Wow. Uh, most people can't get through in two years. But that um, culminated with uh, an internship um, at a top winery, working with some of the top winemakers in the world, actually. And where was that? That was in Walla Walla. I mean, where, would you, where did you get to work? Uh, at a place called Long Shadows Vintners. Oh, great. That's great. So what were you doing before you went to school for winemaking? Before I went to uh, school for winemaking, I ran a... Spanish immersion school in Ensenada, Mexico. Oh my gosh! See, it's that's the thing. People like to know that you can go from a completely different career, and you can change career paths. I, I enrolled as a full time student again uh, in wine school at forty seven years old. See, awesome! It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Good for you. That's very inspiring. And so you came out of um, school. You did your internship. And then what made you decide to come back here and start a winery? Great. I had a house here in Ocean Beach, and uh, it was rented out during my uh, my stay up in Washington studying. And um, I decided I was going to make wine in San Diego and made calls around and talked and drove and wanted to drove around and visit all the different wineries and find out who had grapes, what kind of grapes, what were the quality of the grapes, what were the quality of the wine and what I came up with is, is the clock was ticking and we we're getting into the summer about this time um, that there wasn't the quantity of grapes available in San Diego to facilitate my demand to have a viable economic uh, right. model. Right. Um, panic. I had people up in Washington that I've been working with for years and um, said, this is kind of a crazy idea, but what do you think about me shipping – grapes from Washington, right through the central part of the wine-growing district in California yeah. to almost the Mexican border to make wine at the beach. I said, yeah, that's, that's a stretch, but that's how it started. And wow. um, so eventually, um, the, I, I couldn't get enough grapes into a semi-truck from Washington, and um, I started sourcing elsewhere. And that's where I really think it's an underappreciated region is uh, – El Dorado County and Amador County in uh, the Sierra foothills. Well, Zinfandel mm. world. Zinfandel mm. and Barbera. <laughs> and Barbera. Yeah. Anybody with thick skins who can handle it. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and let me mention that we have um, local wine judge Brad Bruce here who was in our first segment. And I can see Brad is just aching to ask Keith a question. <laughs> Jump in, Brad. Join our group. Well, I won't ask a question, but I'll congratulate him because um, – over the last 15 or 20 years, Amador County is really one of my favorite areas yeah. to visit. And the wines from there, many of the wines are really beautiful, especially Zinfandel, uh, the Primitivos, um, and the, the 
the Barbera that is most successful in the U.S. in wine competitions, from my experience, is from Amador County, from an area called Shenandoah, Shenandoah Uh Valley. Great. um, Which is different than the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. In Virginia, of course. Right. But the Shenandoah grapes are wonderful. And uh, Keith has, I I think, a really important aspect maybe to ask Keith and to comment on is that uh, a lot of people may have excess grapes, but they have a lot of people that they could sell them to. So I want to congratulate Keith Keith on being a winning personality, a Mm. loving person, that he manages to convince really high-quality growers uh, to let him have enough grapes to produce a commercial volume of his wine. That's a really good point because Mm. their name is on it, and if you produce um, a less-than-seller product with their grapes, in their minds, I mean, they— they want to shine. They want to be able to show off that their grapes are in X bottle, Y bottle. So if they are, you're, that's a really good point. So if you're doing a great job, it makes everybody look good. That's awesome. Congratulations. Very good point because there is trepidation um, yeah. about a new person coming in. Of course. Especially one without a proven track record right. when I first started um, because they don't want to have their grapes being produced into you know, unpalatable wines. And right, when we talk right. about track record, I am just amazed by the kind of accolades and awards you were winning. You want to talk a little bit about some of the awards that, that, that you've won with your wines and which wines? Well, go back to talking about Brad, who's a wine judge. Um, when I first got in and start, started making wine commercially, I had... Um, a, Let's just say and that was uh, in 2010, right? That's 2010. I had a let's say less than favorable predisposition towards wine competitions. I was ignorant, but many of them want you to send in six bottles of wine, accompanied by a ninety to a hundred dollar entry fee per entry. And for a, a small guy like right. me, it's very expensive that's, undertaking. You know, and what are they going to do with the other five bottles when you've got guys, judges like Brad, who is uh, taking his one ounce? Uh, and his pal, his panel of four or five people taking one ounce out of a bottle. What's happening to those other five bottles? Um, so finally, um, a wine club member said, "Keith, really, this stuff is too good. You should be entering this into competition. I will pay the entry fee Aww. because you are so cheap." Hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, hey, I, that's, I, really I, that's nice. a deal. That's, we've really got a nice. deal on this. So, yeah. um, first wines I sent into was the San Francisco Chronicle yeah, uh, wine thinking. competition, the mm. biggest uh, wine competition yeah. of all American wines. And uh, when I knew the results were coming out... Um, you didn't sleep? I, I, I slept. I, had, I did not have high expectations. And I looked and I did not win Best of Show uh, <laughs> and was not surprised. But in the next category, double gold medal, there was my 2014 <gasps> Charbonneau. Yay! And, oh, my God. I couldn't, oh my I couldn't tell the world fantastic. fast enough. Um so later that year, we won a gold medal for uh, another fairly exotic uh, or esoteric varietal, Blaufrankisch. Oh, I love Blaufrankisch yes, from Austria. Yes, you would love this one. <gasps> oh, um, it's so good. That, yeah. won a, that won a double gold in uh, Hilton Head Island competition. That's so cool. Um, and wow. most recently, if we'd circle back um, to what just happened in uh, at the Amador County Fair, um, I th- it was for Sierra Foothill produced wine only. Okay. So, well that's a lot. That's a lot. There's that's a lot a, of a wines up there, yeah. So, I thought I would send in my only two wines that I make from that area, the Charbonneau and a Barbera. Mm-hmm. 
And how is a Barbera going to go against all of these guys? Right. And how is the Charbono going to go against all these Italian varietals up there? Well, I'm pleased to report that the Barbera got a silver medal. Wow. And that the, Char- the Charbono got double gold best of class. Oh, my gosh. Against all the local people. Good for so, you. Now, that was Charbono against other Charbono or Charbono against... against other Charbonos and Multipulciano and um, really? Italian other varietals. Really? Wow. Wow. So that's been really kind of fun. That's um, fantastic. Getting recognized. Yeah. Um, and now I've got a whole new uh, sense of uh, credibility for <laughs> uh, for these great wine competitions. <laughs> good, good. Well, that's pretty... I mean, that's pretty sweet. That's walking in first shot out the gate. You did that well. That's really, really impressive. Um, since I work on multiple wine competitions, and Keith has just kicked me hard, um, no, I'll mention that, yes, you just do send six bottles. But, for example, the San Diego International Competition recently did an event uh, with Costera Restaurant, and a hundred and something people showed up, and all the gold medal winning wines were poured at Costera Restaurant. So another hundred people got exposed to the wines uh-huh. that won gold medals. Oh, that's so, nice. So not only do you get a gold medal, um, but then, a, you know, a whole giant wine-consuming group, as well as the Costera restaurant buyers. Right, which is a big deal because they're packed and Right, and place. other restaurant owners right. attended the event. And so then your wine gets tasted by lots of other people. Right. So, you know, that is pretty good exposure. And then the last point about it is that how do wine competitions get 60 or 70 people to work three days carrying, schlepping cases, and polishing, <laughs> and polishing 2,200 right. wine glasses? Well, you have to give them a little wine right. so that they'll work for two or three days, day and night. So that's why you send some extra bottles. But just I want to mention that if a wine is considered off in a judging then the judges can simply ask for another bottle to be opened, right. and you try it. And actually, if you feel that bottle still is different, then you can ask for a third bottle because you want every wine to show its best right. in a judging. Right. So thank you. You That's know, Keith, another thing that I've wondered about, you've had the success in these accolades, but I know that people still have a hesitancy to think that wine made locally can be as good as the wines that come from some of those other known places. Is that something you've run into, and how do you deal with it? Absolutely, that's an obstacle. That's an obstacle from people even, um, well, we, we know our ocean beaches, and the wineries on the corner of Sunset Cliffs and uh, Newport Avenue. Oh, wow. But even people over the hill in Point Loma have reservation about really a wine from ocean beach it can't be that good um so that is it don that is an absolute obstacle we have people in say we are members of this exclusive sonoma wine club um bottles are 75 to 85 a bottle we don't even like it that much but there's a waiting list now and we're wine club members and here are people buying wine that they don't even like yeah because there's more of a prestige clearly um Ocean Beach does not have the prestige of being the wine district of, of San Diego. But um, the more and more uh, we're getting uh, involved in the community, um, the more people are breaking down those barriers and they're venturing down over the hill and they're coming in and seeing what, uh, what a cool operation we have. I have friends in Point Loma and I will tell them I'm meeting them there. Thank you. I will drag them down. 
kicking and screaming, if they will. But sure. one of them is actually one Sicilian already, so he'll be super stoked to try as well some Italian varietals. Great. It's great. It's fun. Can I ask you about your wine club, Keith? Sure. Oh, yeah. We do. And uh, what the whole business model is based on is on the wine club. Um, we cannot produce enough wine to be able to sell it at 40 or 45% off a retail to, to a, a restaurant. restaurant. Oh, yeah, forget it. Uh, or to a retailer. Just it, it's not in the cards. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, we can't make it go. We can't pay rent on Newport Avenue by selling glasses of wine. Right. Um, getting into this thing, I did not want to be have the winery that was the scene, making it the, the cool place where the cool kids go. It was going to be about the wine. So we've got three different levels. Um, our gold band level uh, is people that are taking a case two times a year, uh, and that's in March and October. We've got the Fedora Club level, and the Fedora Club is uh, six bottles of wine three times per year, and that's in June and October and in March. And for those people that say, that still is too much wine for me, I would really like to be part of this thing. Um, we can say, how about a bottle a month? Does that make sense? Could you go through a bottle of this premium wine once a month? Of course. For that, we've got Club Gianni. And Club Gianni, <laughs> you get four bottles three times a year, equals 12 bottles. So we've got someone for, for we've got something for everyone. That's nice. <laughs> That's a nice way to look at it. But you would like to be a club only if you could. It would be great. It would be great. Uh, be club only and uh, have a little... Uh, Herd of unicorns in the back uh, as well. <laughs> now, if you could do club only, would you go to a new location where you didn't have to be right on a prime? Um, interesting, interesting. Um, that's something that that's a that's a bridge that hopefully we will cross one day. Yeah. I will tell you, as someone who is located in a business park that is tucked away from the road, it does have its challenges. You. So you've really got to make sure that you let people know you exist. Right, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. You want to talk a little bit without giving away trade secrets about the process you go through in terms of blending? I mean, it's just significant to me that you've been so successful and with very little background, to be honest, other than going to school. So you want to talk a little bit about the process? What I do is ferment everything individually. So we'll have Petit Verdot, we'll have Petit Syrah, we'll have Sangiovese, Mourvedre, Syrah. So each grape gets fermented each individually. Each grape gets fermented Not individually. Not each grape, but each, each, each type of each grape. Each varietal uh, and barrel-aged individually. Um, after just over one year in barrel, I uh, put together a panel. And uh, having tasted these wines uh, aging, I kind of know what might need a little acid, what might be a little too bright, where a little tannin might might help. And the goal is creating a balanced wine in the proper pH range that right. you know meets my palate uh, and what I think it should be. Uh, so we will get together, 30 or 40 people in a room. I have uh, five bottles of wine uh, marked one, two, three, four, five. They're unidentifiable. And have them be wine judge for the day. And I get the opinion and the consensus from who thinks number one is the best, three is the best, who can guess what this might be. And then at the end of the day, I pretty much choose what I want to do anyway. 
but I know that uh, I've, I've got, got some your feedback. Input. Yeah. You've got your input. <laughs> got Thank input. you for your input. <laughs> so that is, uh, in a nutshell, Don, of how my blends are assembled. Okay. Another question that Brad and I box about sometimes is pricing wine. How do you make a decision about this is what I'm going to charge for for my wine? And Great. what's that based on? It is based on what I need to get out of it. So I know what my cost per bottle is and what the market will bear. Um, I think that if we were north of Via de la Valle, I could get 10 to $20 a bottle more yeah. than what I can get in the city of San Diego. So that's um that adds up to some real money after a while. Um, my reserves um, are priced considerably more than uh, uh, than my other wines. Uh, my reserves spent three years in barrel, so I'm babysitting them for three years, bottling, sitting on the bottle for a year. So now I've got four years into that, um, and that really is going to command a, a higher price than something that um, that it took me two years. Um, another differentiator with what we're doing at Johnny Bonomo is that everything is barrel aged for two years, minimum, bottle aged for a year before it's even released. Hmm. That's a lot. I mean, you think about the inventory. People don't want to sit in inventory for a week, much less two years, three years, four years. And I'm one of those people that don't want to either. But no, that's but just obviously you know, you know what's going to make the wine better. And and I feel like I have so many questions for you. I, I don't know how much time we'll end up having all, for the, all the questions. The one thing I, I did want to ask you, though, um, because your name is Keith Rowley, or as you, you let the, the general population hear, Raleigh, um, I know you're Italian. You're from northern Italy, um, heritage, right? Um, Piedmont, you said? That's correct. We were ter- correct. talking earlier. But where does the name uh, Johnny Bonomo come from? Johnny Bonomo. Um, what makes things even crazier, a name like Johnny Bonomo in Ocean Beach, that just adds a whole double, triple layer of what's going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was growing up in this Italian family, uh, my father told me about Johnny Bonomo. Johnny Bonomo was the quintessential, quintessential gentleman. Johnny Bonomo always had pressed pants and polished shoes. His hair looked perfect. He wore a fedora. He was a gentleman at all times. He, Johnny Bonomo, which means bon is good. Mm-hmm. Omo means man. So Uomo. it's oh, Johnny good man. Uomo. Johnny Bonomo. And um, so I'm thinking about a name for a winery. And that is a brutally difficult exercise. Of course. Um, because it can be about a place. Right. It can be about a thing. You need people to remember it. It could be about yourself. Right. Um, it can be some esoteric, outside-the-box, mountain, moon, wrist, mist right. ranch, vineyard, and space station. Um, so we're, we are uh, brainstorming, and uh, my little sister one day says, Hey, how about Johnny Bonomo? Aww. And we laughed. You see, when I was that little kid... Um, all dressed up one day for church with my hair combed over and my little suit. My dad said, that's my boy. You look like Johnny Bonomo. And um, so that just kind of stuck. And uh, with each of these wines, we try to instill that kind of excellence. Um, and using some of the Italian varietals helps um, helps with the brand. Now, was your father, uh, were you first generation? Uh, so my father was born here, but uh, your grandfather. grandfather, grandmother on that side are both from uh, Piemonte. So with a name like that, and you said you're working with some Italian varietals or Italian, you're naming, you're labeling on, on the 
So your wine labels actually will list Barbera. They're labeling Charbono, so people are seeing the varietal. Correct. Okay. Are you also making any white wines? You've talked only about red so far. Um, not making white wines on site. Okay. Uh, we're not making white wines but on you're, site. But you do sell Consulting, some Consulting, yes, yes. Okay. Back to the Bonomo thing. Um, and now that you bring that up, um, the Johnny Bonomo brand was started in Washington um, with clearly only Washington grapes. So that was the brand. When I did not could not get enough Washington grapes down here in a semi, I needed to branch out and go to a different label. So I went to California, as I mentioned before, the Sierra Foothills, and brought in that wine. So I needed another label for this. And what we came up with was Johnny California. So it's kind of uh, the more casual approach to Johnny Bonomo, hmm. um, and the label's a little less, a uh, little less formal, and uh, we're, everyone's having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, for those who are listening, Johnny G I A N N I, not with a J. <laughs> right, right, the Italian Gianni. Yeah. And so, what's next, Keith? Where Where do you see yourself going? Where do you see this being for you now? I think that uh, continuing to uh, sell the wine club, one of the things that we did um, in 2017, um, and that was when we're getting the bins of grapes, they're not all uniformly filled. So some will be overflowing. Some will only have a foot in the, in the bin. So you have to somehow balance those out. I had the crazy idea that, you know, let's do a field blend mm-hmm. of everything. So we did a field blend with Blaufrankisch, with uh, Sangiovese, with Mourved, with uh, Cab Sauv, with Cab Franc, um, the whole lot. And the goal was to use that for um, raising funds for arts in the school. So Mm. we're working with the Point Loma uh, High School Music Boosters, um, and we are allocating uh, wine for both vocal arts and orchestral arts at Dana Middle School, Korea Middle School, and Point Loma High School. That's yeah. great. That is great. So we're bringing the community together and letting them know that it's a winery and it's not we're not the big bad bear. You don't do you sell food there as well? We have uh, snacks. We have uh, charcuterie plates, and mm-hmm. uh, we have some uh, some fromage. Ah, formaggio. Formaggio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to come see this place. Remind us where it is. We are on the corner of Sunset Cliffs Boulevard and uh, Newport Avenue in Ocean Ocean Beach. Beach. So neat. And depending on when you listen to this segment, tomorrow, July 18th, Chef de Cuisine will be at Gianni Bionimo and will be having paella and drinking several of his best wines and we'd sure like for you to come out and enjoy that and go to sdchefs.org for more information. We want to thank our guests. We want to thank Brad Bruce, our resident wine judge. All right. We want to thank winemaker par excellence, Keith Raleigh. Thank you, Don. So and great. as always, I'm Don Williamson. And I'm Elaine Artizzoni. It's such a pleasure to have both of you here with us today. And thank you've you been much. on the front Absolutely. burner.